I think it's more, it's been sort of a, a gradual process that has come to a head. In Europe and in the UK, regulators are already requiring companies to report how climate change is affecting their businesses through disclosures that are mandated. That hasn't happened in the US, but it's likely to happen next year. But overall, you've had companies that have been pursuing sustainability initiatives for a number of years, who have been pursuing diversity and inclusion initiatives. And ESG sort of collects up some of those things in a tight little bundle. And you can really pursue a lot of issues under the ESG umbrella that have been percolating for years. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I'm thrilled to have with me Aaron Nicodemus. Aaron is a writer reporter at Compliance Week, and he wrote a really interesting piece in the most recent upcoming issue, but it's online, about the intersection of ESG and compliance. So I asked him if he would uh, maybe come on and talk about the piece, and he took some time from his day. So Aaron, first of all, thank you. My pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I've never asked you this, so could I ask you your professional background? Sure. I have been a reporter for over 30 years. I've reported in South Africa and the U.S., and I've been with Compliance Week for about 18 months. Before that, I was with Bloomberg and then business reporting with newspapers in uh, the U.S. and uh, South Africa. Well, your article is entitled, Compliance Must Carve Out Role in Company ESG Effort. So if I could start with asking you, what was this article based on? So every year... For the past three years, Compliance Week has conducted an inside the mind of the CCO survey. And in that survey, we ask all kinds of questions about salaries and about, you know, different initiatives that CEOs are undertaking at their companies. And this year, we asked a lot of questions about ESG because it has been a hot topic amongst our readership, and I've written on it quite extensively. So we thought we'd poll our readers about what their ESG initiatives look like at their companies. So what were some of the key findings you highlighted in your article? Yeah, so the key finding was that almost all of the um, compliance officers who took the survey felt that the compliance should be involved in ESG initiatives at their company. Only uh, three and four of them were actually involved, but almost all of them who took the survey said that they should be. And they said, you know, compliance is uniquely positioned to help with ESG issues initiatives for a number of reasons, mainly being that they touch so many different parts of a corporation that compliance is already involved in, and keeping compliance in the loop or putting them in charge of ESG initiatives would help make sure that they meet all the regulations that they should, and also that they are reporting on data that is both accurate and informative. Now that I know your extensive background in business reporting, And you're absolutely right to say ESG is one of the most ubiquitous words or phrases of 2021. Do you see that extending for compliance officers or would you see maybe another corporate function moving to head ESG efforts on a corporate basis? 
I think if you'd asked me this question two years ago, I would say it would probably come from another division other than compliance. But with the Securities and Exchange Commission about to issue new rules regarding climate change disclosures, it seems to me that compliance is going to have to be front and center for ESG going forward because there are going to be regulations in the U.S. that back it up. Up until now, all ESG reporting has been voluntary. And so each company has been able to choose who they want to lead it. But when regulators get involved, that tends to push compliance to the fore. I'd like to turn now to some of the specific findings because you really detailed some interesting findings. The first one was the actual role of compliance in ESG versus where they see their role. Could you tell us a little bit about both findings? Sure. So, uh, you know, there were about 300 compliance professionals who were interviewed in this survey, and about three and four of them, 73%, said they participated in ESG in some way, either as part of a committee, which was one in four of those, as an advisor, another one in four, through primary oversight, which was just over 13%, or as an advocate, which I assume meant that they were in favor of ESG initiatives, but weren't directly involved. And then the other way that they were involved, or the other question that you asked was, how should they be involved? And I think many more compliance officers felt they should have primary oversight over ESG than they currently do. It was 23%. And then half of those surveyed said that they should be part of a committee and then other smaller percentages said as an advisor or an advocate. So bottom line, compliance is involved, and they feel they should be very prominent in ESG efforts. Aaron, we both use the term ESG, and I don't want anyone to think that that is a single thing or a single item because it is three disparate components, E and S and G, environmental, sustainable, and governance. Do compliance officers see that they should lead or have roles in all three, or does the E really require more of a technical expertise? Well, let me answer that question sort of in reverse. The governance part of ESG is seen by compliance as a core of their function. Okay, this is what they do. They make sure that the rules or the orders from above are interpreted by the rest of the company in the correct way. So the the governance part, they've always seen themselves as part of that. The E part, yes, that can be very technical, but it can also be theoretical. Let's say that you're a company that has a very big carbon footprint and you're looking to reduce it. Compliance could be involved in trying to measure how that carbon footprint is either being reduced or not being reduced, and they would sort of vet the results. That's something that they would do. The S, which is for social, has to do with human capital. And that is something that compliance is involved in, but not directly like human resources. So they would probably not have as naturally have as big a role in the S part of it as they would with with G or perhaps even E. I find that last part interesting because in June of 2020, the Department of Justice released its update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs. And for the first time, they said that the compliance function is the keeper of institutional justice in a company and really moving that out of what I had seen as a traditional HR role. And so I see the DOJ really leading at least a discussion about whether compliance should also lead the S issue. Anything 
along those lines bubble up in this report? There was some indications of that, particularly in the comments where compliance was described as the conscience of a company or as in similar terms. So it did come up, but it wasn't part of the survey. It wasn't a question in the survey, so it really didn't get reflected that closely. One of the things that has most interested me about ESG this year is under the prior administration, I don't think ESG was very favored. Obviously, the Biden administration has a different view on that, but both administrations seem to me to have been overtaken by market forces, whether those be institutional investors, whether they be individual shareholders like you and me, whether it be banks providing financing, whether it be private equity companies looking for investments, or even insurance companies. Uh, You spoke about human capital, and, and I would even add that talent acquisition and talent management now looks with an ESG lens at going to work in companies. So that's a very long-winded way of introducing the question to you. What values did the report or some of the individual responses see as ESG promulgating that interested you? Yeah. So for me, this question is answered with, we asked the question of which constituents, which stakeholders in your company are ESG initiatives created for? And the biggest answer, the biggest percentage was shareholders. So you've got public companies who have shareholders and shareholders are demanding more information about ESG in order to influence their their investing decisions. So that was the biggest one. The next one was ethical obligation. And this is one that I think is reflected in your previous question that has to do with the role of compliance in a company. A lot of compliance officers feel that ethical obligation. And this was particularly noted in healthcare companies. They were saying that ESG initiatives should be done for the ethical considerations alone and for nothing else. Other entities, other stakeholders that were named were regulators, the community, employees, and another 8% was other. So there were a lot of people, a lot of entities that are pushing ESG to the forefront that companies are responding to. Were there any kind of industry trends? You mentioned healthcare with the social component. I would have assumed manufacturing or perhaps I grew up in the energy industry. They're going to be more concerned with the E component. Any uh, insights in that direction? Yes, you're absolutely right. When we broke it down by industry, environmental was far and away the 4%. So that was very clear in the responses. Healthcare, again, like I mentioned, social was big for the healthcare, but so was governance. So they, they sort of split those two. And then for financial institutions, banks, insurance companies, and investment firms, they picked governance. And that is, again, not a surprise based on the fact that banks and those types of firms wouldn't really have a large environmental impact or they wouldn't be looking at environmental as a core part of their business. Aaron, you mentioned that if I had asked you a question some two years ago, you might have had a different answer. And that really led me to think about and realize ESG has not, it did not pop up in 2021. It's been around for a while. Some people have been practicing ESG for quite some time. Environmental concerns have been around sort of forever, as well as social and governance. But they seem to coalesce this year. And I see it as one of the fastest moving 
overall corporate initiatives. Did the uh, survey results bear that out or or your overall reporting giving you some insight into that? I think it's more, it's been sort of a, a gradual process that has come to a head. In Europe and in the UK, regulators are already requiring companies to report how climate change is affecting their businesses through disclosures that are mandated. That hasn't happened in the US, but it's likely to happen next year. But overall, you've had companies that have been pursuing sustainability initiatives for a number of years, who have been pursuing diversity and inclusion initiatives, and ESG sort of collects up some of those things in a tight little bundle. And you can really pursue a lot of issues under the ESG umbrella that have been percolating for years. Do you see this process extending into 2025 or even accelerating into 2025 and beyond? I don't think there's any doubt that it is going to accelerate and it's going to start with climate change, environment, as far as the acceleration goes. There's just so much energy that has been put into requiring companies to show, say, their environmental footprint, their, their, uh, whether or not their emissions are going up or down, what they're doing to try and protect the environment that is clearly has gone from being a nice to have to a have to have. And similarly with social issues, I think, especially in the U.S., with diversity and inclusion, that is, is pushing to the fore and, and investors and the community and other stakeholders are all looking to companies to explain how they're handling themselves in those areas. Byron, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on the article or perhaps even to get in touch with you to follow up or send information to you. How could they do so? Sure, absolutely. So this story that I mentioned is on our website at complianceweek.com. My email is aaron.nicodemus at complianceweek.com. And my email is at the end of the story. And I'm always happy to hear from readers and listeners to talk about these issues more. It's one of the things that lights me up. Well, Aaron, I wanted to thank you again. I've been a big fan of your work for a long time, certainly uh, since you've been with Compliance Week. And I greatly hope we can continue this conversation on articles you write in the future. I'd like that very much. Thanks, Tom.